The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Build your tribe with this must-follow Facebook tip. When you post something, I want you to ask yourself, will people benefit if they share this? In other words, if I have fans and followers and people who like my page, if, if they share this post, does it make them look better to the people who are following them? That's the psychology behind a share. If I'm going to share something to my page, I have to ask myself, what, what type of perception will people have of me because I've shared this content? Does this help my brand? Is it consistent with my message? Is it consistent with who I am? Is it, is it funny? Is it motivational? Is it inspirational? If it's very personal to you, it's not likely that people are going to share it unless, of course, it's incredibly inspirational. Hello, and welcome to Build Your Tribe. This episode will give you the advanced techniques you need to immediately improve your Facebook reach and engagement to help you build your own online community. Here she is, the woman who works me to the bone, Shalene Johnson. Well, 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 look at me having Surrey do the introduction to Build Your Tribe. And I did that today because a little later in the show, you're going to find out how I've used Surrey accidentally to build my engagement on Facebook. But I love Surrey because I've taught her how to pronounce my name correctly. You should see, you should see though, how I had to type it in to finally get her to say it correctly. What I love about Surrey, she's cheap. She's always available. She doesn't complain. And uh, her rates never change. Let's get right to our stuff today, which is all about facement, facement, Facebook engagement, which I like to call facement. It's a new word. You heard it here first, lifers. Keeping it real from the get-go. Yep, we're talking about Facebook engagement and your reach. Now, the reason why I thought it was really important to talk to you about this today is because it really relates back to um, how and why I felt it was necessary to re-engage with Facebook. So about, I guess, 2012, I started noticing I, I just hit a plateau on Facebook. Like, I just couldn't grow my account anymore and rather than digging in deeper and learning more about how I could grow my account, I started getting fascinated with a new form of social media, that being Instagram. Now, the reason why I started paying attention to Instagram is because it's all that my kids were doing. And I've found that the early settlers in any form of social media always have the advantage. doesn't require celebrity. It doesn't require anything special. It just requires getting there first. And knowing that and seeing that my kids were really into this um, new platform, I decided to, if nothing else, just get on it, figure out why they were so intrigued by it and why it was so popular and become one of those early settlers on Instagram. So I stepped away from Facebook. I actually picked up my toys and stomped off the playground. Now, I still kept a presence there. I just did, to be very honest, very little to try to grow it, to try to improve engagement. I just kept doing what I was doing, which wasn't working. And as you know, that's the definition of stupidity. But I'm okay with that because I think it's important to spend a season of learning new forms of social media 
because it created a whole new understanding for me of another form of social media, Instagram, because I was willing to step away from one form, that being Facebook, to really understand Instagram. Now I realized that so many people were talking about Facebook ads, and I couldn't argue with their argument that you really couldn't measure um, your engagement and how it perfectly translated into sales on Instagram. Now, I was having tremendous success on Instagram, and I was it was um, helping my launches, and I was selling products, and I was reaching all new customers and building my email list, but I still wanted to better understand Facebook in terms of growing my email list and building my tribe. Like I knew I had so many people there, and in fact, so many of my tribe members would come to me and say, yeah, I don't follow you on Instagram. Um, I still follow you on Facebook. And I, I knew that's where my people were. I just really wasn't engaged much there. So in February of 2014, I decided to dig back in and um, put my Facebook hat back on and uh, take a little, not a break from Instagram, but you know, step out of the trenches, if you will. And what I learned first was that I wanted to know everything there was to know about Facebook ads, but I also, I just didn't like Facebook. I didn't like it because, you know, it's how it's like there, you have the circle of friends and you have that one friend who you just can't even really tell if they like you. So you're like, I don't know if I like that person. Well, I wasn't sure if I liked Facebook because I couldn't get any love over there. I couldn't get any reach. I couldn't grow my account. So before I decided that I would invest my time and my money in Facebook ads, I wanted to see if, in fact, I could re-engage myself and re-engage my community, my lifers on Facebook and figure out if what I was doing wasn't working, what would work. I am definitely a student, so I went back to school and I, I looked at those who were teaching Facebook engagement. And, you know, you always have to look at who's teaching it and what are they actually getting. I mean, there are so many people who allege to be experts at LinkedIn or experts at YouTube, you know, whatever social media platform. And even though they're selling a course that doesn't make them an expert, I like to look at people who aren't always necessarily selling a course. They're just doing it, you know, and, and watching their accounts and figuring out how are they creating this type of engagement. I just, I say that, I preface that, and I obviously offer courses on uh, marketing and, and, and Instagram and many other things. But I've just myself have wound up buying courses from people who are teaching techniques. And then I go and research them after the fact and find out they aren't really an expert. They're teaching these techniques that aren't working and they, they don't have a big following and they don't have engagement. They don't have reach. So it's important to look for experts who are actually legitimately experts and you trust and like them. That's number one. And then number two is you don't always have to look for people who are selling something or a course. Just look at people who are doing things right and take notes and analyze how often are they posting? What types of things are they posting? What type of content's getting the most interaction? So I did a combination of those things. And I want to give a shout out to those people who helped me create the content that I'm going to share with you today. And this is stuff that you please take out a pen and a piece of paper after you've listened to this the first time when you have the ability to write down some notes and you can apply these things. And I promise they work. So I listened like a student to every single podcast I could get my hands on related to unique forms of engagement things that other people weren't trying. Uh, shout out to Social Media Examiner. I mean, Michael Stelzner just brings on so many different perspectives and different points of view, specifically on this target and topic, Facebook engagement and, and reach, because he's brought on so many different guests with different approaches. And that's important because 
your industry and what you do and how many followers you already have and and your own personality, that will all affect what works and what doesn't work. So any suggestion that I give you, please never say, Shaleen said to do this. I'm sharing with you best practices. I will tell you what works for me. That is not to say it will work for you, but I want you to be creative and think outside the box. Shout out to Amy Porterfield. I love her podcast. I'm a fan of her Facebook page. Um, Huge shout out to Mari Smith. I've learned so much about Facebook from her um, for the past maybe even five years, maybe longer. I don't know, a long time. And um, and then just people who I watch, they're not selling a course on Facebook. They're just killing it. Brendan Burchard. And he sat down and shared with me exactly. I'm like, okay, dude, what's going on here? You had like no likes like a year ago, and now you're at over a million. Are you buying these? How are you doing this? And no, he's shared with me exactly his techniques. I'm going to share many of those here with you today. And um, Natalie Jill Fitness, also a friend of mine, a social media maven who just like myself, like you, is really intrigued by just testing and tweaking and figuring out what's going to work. But there are so many other great pages that I'm going to reference throughout this program. And they're from people who aren't necessarily selling a program or aren't um, professed to be experts at Facebook, but they're experts. (laughs) They're killing it. They're killing it not only with their ads, but most importantly, they've been able to create organic reach, engagement, and that's what we're going to talk about. So let me start first with a, a quick tip, and that is you must be using a like page. I hope that's a no-brainer for you at this point. You have no way of looking at your statistics, of growing your page to blowing up your potential unless you're using a like page. So I am just going to stick my fingers in my ears and go la 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 if you're going to tell me, oh, but Shaleen, I get so much more play on my profile page. I get so much more engagement on my profile page. That's great. Uh, But that's the equivalent of just talking to everybody in your neighborhood. You need to dream big. You need to go big. And that happens on a like page. It's all very intentional. That's the way all of this has been set up. And the first step of knowing what type of engagement, what type of reach is working with your lifers, your fan base, your tribe, is by looking at your insights. Now you'll go to the top of your Facebook page. You simply click on insights. And when you do that, you'll be able to see just by scrolling through the posts that you've created over the last couple of months, which ones got the most play, right? It's so simple. You don't have to guess. You don't have to just wonder, hmm, I wonder if this got the most likes, if that means it had the most engagement or the the greatest reach. You will see because Facebook shows you those statistics. Once you have that knowledge, what I want you to do is to create a list of your five most popular, and by popular, I mean they have the greatest engagement and the greatest organic reach, the five most popular posts that you've done over the last six months. Then you take a look at those and you you ask yourself, what's the commonality here? Was it video? Was it a infographic, like a, a picture with words over it? Was it something motivational? Was it something funny you said? Was it something revealing? Was it something helpful? Was it a discount code? Was it a a sales coupon? And once you've taken a look at those five most engaged and your greatest post with the greatest reach, then you will have some idea of what type of material you need to post most often. So the most important thing we need to understand is what is organic reach? Organic reach, as Facebook defines it, is the number of people without you paying for it, meaning it's organic, it just grows naturally, the number of people who see a post that you make in their newsfeed 
Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they've read it. It means that it was shown to them in their newsfeed. There's obviously a much higher likelihood that they've read it if it's been shown to them in their newsfeed, meaning when we log into our phones and that's where we know the greatest majority of people are now looking on Facebook is on their newsfeed. And when we scroll through, you know, you're sliding your finger down and going through each story, anything that's shown to you there is usually either there because someone's paid for an ad or it's organic reach. And today we're talking all about organic reach. So this is the number of people who are seeing your post in their newsfeed without you paying for it. Now, the algorithms at Facebook change all the time, and that's just a fancy term for uh, the way Facebook looks at things, which they will never tell you. (laughs) I guess that's how I define algorithms. It's like their funky metrics, but their funky metrics have been slowly declining the number of posts that people see from our like pages and from our profile pages since 2012, about the time I stormed off the playground. Then in 2013, Another algorithm change actually created even fewer posts being seen by people who like your page. And because of that, Facebook's smart. They realized, okay, everyone's going to scramble and they know that this is where all of their fans and tribe members and their lifers are. And we just know that businesses are now going to have to figure out how to get in front of their customers again. And that's when we really started hearing everybody and their brother talking about Facebook ads. Now, many of you may have been advertising on Facebook for years. God bless you. You're way ahead of the curve. But for most of us, what we wanted to see was, you know, is it even worth it? Like maybe my stuff just doesn't even work on Facebook. I'm going to share with you right now. Let's just get right into it. How to improve your reach and your engagement. Because when you do that, I know you're going to have the confidence more confidence to look further into Facebook and really understand Facebook ads because it's pretty cool. It's what I had to do, even though the people who I really trusted were saying, Shaleen, you just you need to do Facebook advertising. I wasn't ready to make that step, the investment of my time in learning it until I could actually see that there was a glimmer of hope for me on Facebook. So the first thing I want to share with you is you've got to understand that the eyeballs, the people who are seeing your stuff in their newsfeed, that is critical. But what's really important is your connection with people. Connection is your currency. When it comes to customers, when it comes to building your tribe, when it comes to building strong relationships with our lifers, they need a connection with us. And that connection is created when people feel as though they are a part of something. You've gone in the trenches with them and you're helping them and you make them look better. The next thing we have to understand is that reach is all about engagement. What do I mean by engagement? I mean, how many people aren't just seeing your post? That's just reach. But are they seeing it? And then are they engaging with it? Because we've all done that where we've seen a really like, you know, cute picture of somebody's family. But you see it in your newsfeed and you don't click on it. You don't look at the story and you don't write a comment. You just smile to yourself. That's reach without engagement. What we want to create is engagement. Engagement is defined as the number of likes, shares, comments, and comments on other people's comments under your posts. Got that? So it's not just about creating really cool stuff that people like. It's getting them to share it themselves, to like it, to leave a comment, and to comment on other people's comments. In order to do that, we have to think about the psychology behind it. 
First of all, the psychology of a like is the most basic form of engagement. It's easy to give someone a like. You know, we see something and we like it, but to get someone to like something on your page, first of all, is the first step. So when you're looking at your own statistics, know that likes are just a very small part of the equation. What's more important is that people are actually engaging. They're reading it. They're leaving a comment. They're reading other people's comments. They're clicking on links. They're a part of your community. The best way to get someone to do that does start, in fact, with a like. Um, but it's, it's not the be-all, end-all. How do we get people to like our stuff, though? Well, one of the most obvious and seemingly most simplistic ways is by simply asking. It's just like anything. You have to ask for the sale. You have to ask for permission. You have to ask people what they want and what they like. Statistically speaking, if you ask people to like a post, you are, they say, up to 65% more likely to get a like. That's pretty crazy. And I reluctantly applied this practice myself, feeling like it seemed um, almost desperate, you know, like if every single post I was saying, be sure to like this. Uh, But I did it. And my numbers went through the roof. One of the social media sites that I go to regularly for updated information claims that most brands find that when they don't ask for the like, they have a 216% decrease in the number of people who actually like the post. Now, the same is true of comments. I mean, just just about anything you want to have happen, you need to ask for it. So if you want people to comment on other people's comments, if you want people to leave a comment, you need to ask for it. You're still going to get comments, but you're just much more likely to when you remind people why you want them to and kind of give them a reason. Ask a specific question. Tell them specifically why you would love to read their comments. And when you do that, you're going to find that not only do your likes go up, so do your comments and so too do your shares. So let's move from likes on to comments. Now, comments are a great way for you to build engagement. When people comment, they are much more likely to come back and see what other people are commenting. They're more likely to comment on other people's comments. We just need to give them a reason why they should be leaving a comment. Now, if you've just posted a great photo of your family having breakfast, uh, someone might comment because they have something in common with you. But a better way to increase engagement is by asking for a specific comment, such as their opinion. How often do you have breakfast with your family? How often do you eat meals together as a family? How important is it for you to eat meals with your family? As a kid growing up, did your family sit down and have meals together? There's so many questions you can ask. And without asking the question, you're just having a one-way conversation. Part of building a tribe, part of becoming a community is actually listening, not just shooting out information and making it a one-way conversation, but taking an active role in what your tribe and your community has to say in their opinions. And sometimes their opinions are very strong, which leads me to the next most popular way to get comments and engagement. And that's by posting something that people have a strong opinion about, especially if it's something that you know people are gonna be on both sides of the fence. I mean, it's just, it's easy on Facebook. Man, people are so sensitive. Get a sense of humor, people. But when people do take opposing views on something, it tends to really help engagement. I want to share this technique with you because it works. It 
totally works. It's one of the easiest and fastest ways for you to build engagement. But I caution you because it requires you having thick skin. When people start arguing back and forth on your page, you have to make a decision on how far you're going to let it go. I mean, there is the argument for freedom of speech, but you're giving them the space, the place in which this can sometimes breed into huge debates where people get really ugly and nasty. And I can tell you that there have been times when I've posted things not expecting people to have such strong opinions and then them going back and forth. And suddenly people are, you know, angry with me for saying something I never said, but the post has turned into a debate on a particular topic. And now no one's reading the post anymore. They're just reading each other's comments and it kind of morphs into its own life. Yes, those type of posts are huge for engagement, but I really don't like them. I'll let them happen sometimes. But most often, I this is just my personal feeling, I just hate giving negativity a platform. Even if it does mean increasing my engagement, I just can't stand it when I see people attacking each other and making, you know, rude comments back and forth and and judging each other. And, you know, I mean, it it can turn into like total cyberbullying. And yes, that does mean that people just keep coming back to read the debate and read the fight. But if it turns into something personal back and forth with people on my page, I will typically delete that post, just delete it entirely. Now, there's been times where I've taken a very strong stance and people want to debate me back and forth and then debate each other. That's totally cool. And I don't care if it gets personal on me, but when it gets personal on each other, I tend to delete those comments. I don't, it's it's my page. I can do what I want. It's my party. If they're attacking me, eh, so be it. I mean, I put myself out there, so I'm not expecting to be everybody's cup of tea. Um, and uh, it's just funny. It's so funny. It's so entertaining what people will say on Facebook, isn't it? Anyways, I digress. Um, so I want to mention to you a couple of pages that do an amazing job of this. One of them might be surprising to you. It's called quirkymama.com, and I'll spell it Q-U-I-R-K-Y-M-O-M-M-A.com. I learned of this story by listening to a podcast from Social Media Examiner. And the gal who created this page, um, basically, like many of us, was not feeling any love from her Facebook fans. She posts creative ideas and stories from her blog with regard to kids' activities. And what they found were there are a couple of posts where um, people who are parents took very strong opposing views and just got irate over some of the content that you would think would be non-controversial, like, for example, a Play-Doh recipe, how to make Play-Doh at home. And in that recipe, she included the ingredients, one of which was food dye. And people just went crazy fighting over the dangers of food dye, etc. And she shared in that episode that you know, she kind of had to have thick skin and realize people are going to fight amongst themselves. And that's part of what this community is for, is getting answers, letting people share their opinions and not for her to take it personally. And as a result, those type of posts, which there's lots of them you can see on her page, those type of posts helped her to gain huge, I mean, huge numbers, which then drives traffic to her blog kidsactivitiesblog.com. Now, just before I started recording this, I, I went online to take a look at some of her most recent posts. And one of them, okay, you have to picture this. It was this like really cool looking rainbow swirled type sugar cookie, right? It was like all these different colors in it and it was kind of swirled and then it had like sugar sprinkles on top. And get this, it says, how to make <laughs> unicorn poop cookies. I Okay, I spit out my milk. 
I don't drink milk. But that was pretty funny. I thought that's hysterical. And I know, I don't even have to look. I know there's a bajillion comments, people freaking out over the word poop, people freaking out over the fact that there's food coloring and sugar on top and, you know, all these things that we were okay with when we were growing up. But now suddenly um, people are going to die. And and people have strong opinions about nutrition and artificial colors. And uh, that is something that people really like to debate over, which leads me to the next page that I want you to take a look at. And that's called uh, facebook.com forward slash food babe. Now, she has a very strong opinion about everything that consumers could possibly consume. So a lot of people have taken to that page as the, you know, the final word on what's safe to eat and what's not safe to eat. And that's also a great example of having an opinion, putting it out there, attracting the type of people who she's looking for, and quickly building engage and reach because there's a community of people who want to debate. They want to talk about this. They want to share opinions. They want to see their voice. They want to see what other people have to say. And their reach has gone haywire. After listening to that podcast, I thought, well, you know, I will, I'm going to do this. And so what I did was I decided to post a link to an article I had read, which I knew I had an opinion on it. And I knew that people would take opposing views. And I knew people would get upset. Um, but I felt strongly enough that I was comfortable in sharing my opinion. And it was with regard to a young girl who was featured in the New York Daily. And she had undergone gastric bypass surgery. Now, that's just the first piece of this story. And that's all that most people read. And then they just woo went at it, went crazy. I mean, the post took off like wildfire. Unfortunately, people didn't read enough of what I had written to understand that I wasn't suggesting that anyone have gastric bypass at that age. Nor was I saying that this young girl shouldn't have. The, there's so much more to the story, but to get into it briefly, she had a brain tumor, very serious condition. Once the brain tumor was removed, it triggered a condition in her that caused her to be almost overnight obese, an insatiable appetite, no matter what her parents fed her or what they tried to do for her, her body's metabolism just completely slowed down and her hunger just would not shut off. This was really, and honestly and truthfully, the only option for this young girl. And many experts agreed that her only option was gastric bypass. My take on the story was that it was sad that so many other parents were reading the story and thinking that if they could get their child to just gain a few more pounds, and that's literally what I was reading online, that maybe their child might be eligible for gastric bypass surgery, children as young as 10 and 12 years old. And my point in the story was to say, you know, this young girl had a legitimate condition, uh, but let's not turn to gastric bypass surgery as an option. Okay, so here's what happened. It took off like wildfire, like crazy, and people weren't reading my full comments, so they started going ballistic on me personally. I don't really have a problem with that. That's okay. Then they started attacking each other. One person would attack another person. And the long and short of this is I have a staff at Team Johnson that helps me to monitor negative, belligerent, or profanity or spam type comments on my Facebook wall. And it became really upsetting to my staff. They're like, they're attacking you and it's upsetting and it's it's becoming so time consuming. And so we just deleted it. But there's an example of something that I do have a strong opinion on. 
Um, and, and I knew that people would take offense to it or would take a position on it. I knew that. And that's intentionally why I posted it. And I also posted it. And then I put my arms over my head to duck and cover. I think you're going to love this example. And I swear you must believe me. I don't do this intentionally. It's embarrassing when it happens, but it's also kind of funny. I'm not a great speller. Uh, I'm not as terrible as you might think, though, if you follow me on Facebook. Here's the reason why, and it's also why I used Surrey in my intro today. I rarely type on my iPhone. I Nine times out of 10, I use voice to text. I do it for my um, text messages, for my to-do list, when I'm writing long blog posts, ideas, everything. I use voice to text. She works really, really well with me. So that also means that I will write most of my own, 90% of my own Facebook posts I do from my phone organically, and then I schedule them later. Sometimes I reread them, sometimes I don't. I suppose I always should, because when one goes up with a typo or a misspelled word or a comma in the wrong place, inevitably someone who's, you know, a part of the grammar police will jump in there and correct me and say, how dare you? You know, you're a professional. You should set a better example for yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself and go live in a cave. And then someone else will comment like, go away, you troll. How dare you attack Shalene? And they put on boxing gloves and they fight back and forth. And and then there's a whole slew of people who don't read any of those comments and they're just kind enough to also point out to me that I have a spelling error or a typo or whatever. Guess what that does? <laughs> and I'm, I swear I don't do it intentionally, but it creates huge engagement. So it's embarrassing when it happens because I do want to be a professional and I don't try to misspell anything on purpose. But when I do, it's okay. And it's fine that people get upset and that other people get upset that somebody else is getting upset because in the long run, it just builds community. So give it a shot, but do it knowing that um, you've got to be really sensitive to this. You still have to understand that people on Facebook love to have anonymity and to share an opinion and um, to get upset over stuff. People love to fight on Facebook. One of the things I've been able to do that seems more consistent with my page and my brand and what I like my community to stand for is I've been saying things where it makes sense to comment on other people's comments and not in a negative way. For example, recently I posted something about how important it is and how scary it is to share your own story. And when I say your own story, that challenging moment, like your darkest, deepest, scariest thing that you ever had to get through and how sometimes making sense of it is realizing that you got through it, you conquered. And when you share your story, you inspire other people. And maybe that's even why this happened to you. And so I said, if you're feeling confident enough, I want you to share your story below. And if you read someone's story that inspires you or makes you feel as though you're not the only one, do me a favor and give them a virtual high five by leaving them a comment, letting them know what their words meant to you. That was one of my most popular posts. And for me, that felt better than all the fighting that was going on and all the, you know, negative things people were saying back and forth to each other. So there's a way to do it. And there's a way to do it that's consistent with your own brand and the type of community you want to build. Now, when we're talking about community, here's a piece that is so critical. It's really, really helpful to understand this. If you understand this and you ask yourself this critical question before you post anything to your like page, I guarantee, money back guarantee on this recording, that your engagement will go up because people will share your content. Here it is. When you post something, I want you to ask yourself, 
will people benefit if they share this? In other words, if I have fans and followers and people who like my page, if if they share this post, does it make them look better to the people who are following them? That's the psychology behind a share. If I'm going to share something to my page, I have to ask myself, what type of perception will people have of me by relationship because I've shared this content? Does this help my brand? Is it consistent with my message? Is it consistent with who I am? Is it funny? Is it motivational? Is it inspirational? If it's very personal to you, it's not likely that people are going to share it unless, of course, it's incredibly inspirational. Now, because of that, I most often will post how-to videos and videos that people can use and they have value. I will sometimes post videos that are interesting or funny or entertaining, but nine times out of 10, I'm going to post something that I know others will share because it has value to them. That's why people share something. They share something because it's going to make them look good. It makes their life easier. It adds value to the people who are following them. And it just, it's consistent with what their own beliefs and what it is they want to put out there. So if what you're sharing is too personal, people are not likely to share it. Now, I feel like I'm seriously, I'm like this right, you don't know if you can hear that, but the, I have pages and pages and pages of notes on my best practices, things I've tried and that work and things I've tried that don't work. If you'd like more on this particular discussion, I have more information than I have enough hours to share with you, but I'd love to do a follow-up podcast. So if you would like to hear that, please leave me a message. Leave me a message uh, by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash podcast. Let me know what you thought about this episode. And please let me know if you'd like more because I've got so much more to share. The last thing I want to share with you because it's so critical, I, I couldn't leave you with this first episode if I didn't tell you that video trumps everything when it comes to reach and engagement. As I'm recording this right now, as, as I've said before, Facebook algorithms change, oh, you know, as the wind blows. But as of today, as I'm recording this in the, uh, let's see, August of 2014, video is king, especially video that you upload to Facebook. Now, that's not to say if you share a link from something you've posted to YouTube that that won't get shared as well. It will, but Facebook tends to love to show you video that's posted to Facebook. So in other words, video you've uploaded directly to Facebook. Now, when you do that, don't forget, you always want to include a reason why people would want to share it to their page. Is it educational, inspirational, motivational? The answer is yes. Then don't forget to suggest to people that they like it and give them a reason to share it. And what's the last one? That's right, give them a reason to comment and to comment on each other's comments. Now, do you do all of those things in every single post? Probably not, it's overkill. It might seem a little desperate, but just watch what happens when you do. Dying to hear how this helps you. Please let me know. I've got so, oh my gosh, I'm just dying because like I've got, I'm looking at my notes. There's so many other things I want to share with you. But I know with these first steps, you're going to see huge improvements in your numbers. Take a screenshot of your insights and be sure to tag me in them so I can see how this stuff is working well for you. Thanks again to all the experts who've helped me compile this information. I always want to give credit where credit's due. And there's so many amazing people out there who have a an attitude of abundance. So they share great knowledge and great information. My hat goes off to them. Thank you for sharing this podcast, this recording with anyone you know who could benefit from it. Until next week, lifers, I love you. I mean it. 
Thanks for listening, lifers. Shaleen invites you to join her for her free coaching program designed to help you get organized, productive, and laser focused on what really matters. To sign up for her free video coaching program, please visit 30daypush.com. Bye. <laughs>